Support for Always Sunny and Chiefs Kingdom is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you precision-engineered tools for your grooming experience. So Manscaped was kind enough to hook us up with their best-selling product, the Lawnmower 3.0, and no joke, you guys, this thing's slick. Uh, I'm not going to do an ad read for a company that I don't believe in personally, and I'm here to tell you that if you have any shaving needs for any hair on your body, this takes care of it. Uh, it's a great little, great little buzzer, great product. I'm a super hairy guy, and if I'm going to recommend a product on the show, it's going to be something that actually impresses me, and so consider me impressed. Here are the deets straight from the Manscaped ad copy. Their third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower, which is pretty cool. Something that I haven't seen a lot of the razors and the LED light, um, it's built in right on the front of it and illuminates whatever you're shaving. So it's a great product. I'm a huge fan. Get 20% off and free shipping on your whole entire order if you use the promo code SUNNYNKC on the manscaped.com website. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use SUNNYNKC. And honestly, we need you guys to use this code to secure our deal with Manscaped long term. So please use the code. Let Austin and I know about it. We'll shout you out on the podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. So I posted this on Twitter today, but um, I had never heard of, I was looking through the franchise pages on pro football reference as I do in my free time. And yeah, sure. I, like you do. I, like I do. And I saw that Pittsburgh had two years in the forties where they had Pittsburgh slash Philadelphia Steelers slash Eagles and Pittsburgh slash Arizona Cardinals. So they okay. combined with two different teams in the forties, which I guess uh, the the Steagles, as the Steelers and Eagles were called, was like a there weren't enough players during the forty three season because of World War II, I guess. So they sure. like were forced to merge, and so tons of guys were in the military and all that. And then the, the so the league official record book refers to them as Phil slash Pitt combined. But so hmm. the Steagles, they they were a thing. It it kind of you know got me thinking like. What would happen if COVID knocked a bunch of people out this year? I have so many questions about this. Like, did they come up with new jerseys? Surely they didn't. They probably didn't even have team names on the jerseys in 1943. To be I honest. have seen a picture, and they are just black jerseys with numbers on them, but they do okay. not appear to have any sort of designation for team. Sure. Well, I wonder, like, their promotional material, like if it said Steagles, whatever, that would be probably be like a cool collector's item. But to your point, it would be interesting, like, if we had to merge, like, you know, we have to send half the team off to war or to fight Corona or whatever. I mean, we've already lost. <laughs> send the one. team off to fight Corona. <laughs> we've, we've already got a lineman out on the front lines fighting Corona. I mean, yeah. you know, if he has to, like, deputize, LDT has to deputize people or whatever the situation is. Who would we, who would we merge with? Now, like, back in the day, I guess there were only, like, 10 eight teams in the NFL in, like, 1943, right? So, yeah, that sounds right. There definitely were not so, a lot. Pittsburgh and Philly were probably like, I mean, they're, they're probably like the closest cities, right? They probably just merged because they were next to each other, right? The Redskins, Giants, Steagles, Brooklyn Dodgers, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, and Chicago Cardinals. Those were the eight teams. So if we were going to merge, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we have like airplanes and, you know, travel like we, we have the technology travel. we don't have to travel by train anymore which uh -huh. i assume is what they were doing in 1943 so we could probably merge anywhere it doesn't have to be like a regional thing which is good because our closest regional neighbor 
is probably the Broncos. Yeah. We yeah. never murdered them. No, but as a football marriage, I guess it maybe could kind of make a little bit of sense. You got Vic Fangio. You just let him do his thing. You know, like their, their players are getting a little long in the tooth. That defense is not what it used to be, but uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. Uh, that wouldn't be fun though. Cause of the, there's obviously there's a history there. There's a, there's a past. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it would have to be just, an NFC team. It would. It, it that's would just have that's to a good point. That's a good we, point. We have then, too much bad blood yeah. with every AFC team. I mean, it could be someone like the Bills, which we don't really care too much about. But I, I, my first thought was the Bears, um, okay. based on you know the the defensive mindedness. The NFC team is a plus. Um, th- they've just got a lot of talent on that side of the ball, and they really no one would be bothered by the entire bears starting offense sitting on the bench the whole game. That's like a good that, point. That isn't, no one's going to miss that because clearly whatever team the chiefs mold with, they <laughs> are going to be the offense. Right. I mean, you know, you could throw one player in or whatever, but it's going to be the chiefs offense. So yeah, bears would probably be my pick. They've got a lot of really nice talent on the defensive side of the ball. Khalil Mack and Chris Jones and Frank Clark would be a lot of fun. Um, it's fun that we're adding players to their defense, even though nobody is adding our offense. <laughs> yeah, it's well, like, you know. Okay, well, you're not Super allowed Bowl to play champs. offense, but we yeah. got to put our we got to yeah. spread our seed on the defensive yes. side of the ball. Um, yeah, so that they'd probably be my pick. Who would you go with? Well, the Bills is a good one. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, I don't know how we would merge our name. It's not that there's no good way to merge Bills and Chiefs. The the beefs we could the be the Chiefs. The Cheels. The Cheels. The Cheels. The Beefs. I like the, the beefs. beefs. The Beefs is good, too. The Beefs. We could be, <laughs> we could be the uh, Buffalo City. The, the Buffalo City Beefs. The Buffalo City Beefs. That would be great. Uh, uh, that would be fun. I mean, yeah. and then we could – I don't know how the, the, the scheduling would work, but it would be nice to, like, you know, shimmy into that AFC East, you know, give Pat a little bit of that uh, hot Tom yeah. Brady, you know, yeah. Bill Belichick uh, – basically free buy action that would be kind of fun that would be pretty good so the chiefs and the bears would be the chairs the chairs that would be the good chicago yeah, the, city chairs the chicago city chairs yeah yeah, yeah the kansas Chicago chairs that would be <laughs> that'd be good that that would not be too bad you know we could always go you know we could go like old school with it you know the uh, chiefs when they were the texans they shared a city with dallas the cowboys we could you know merge the uh we could have the Kansas City Chief Boys. Yeah. That would be that would be kind of fun. Uh they don't really have talent. Uh, yeah, they do, I but mean, not really individuals. It's not, yeah, it's not really complimentary with us though. I no. mean, we probably would have to go Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, maybe Think like Z could crack our starting roster. Uh yeah, he probably he probably would. Yeah. If he's uh, you know, if he's recovered from the Rona. Yikes. Good point. He would be one of the people the the Cowboys would need to merge with us because they're going to lose Zeke. Yes, exactly. So they're he would be one of the casualties us. of the Rona. That's true. And, and once there are casualties, see, this could be something maybe that we haven't gotten into Roger Goodell's, you know, private server where he's got that doc on there of like all the contingency plans. I bet this has been discussed, you know, what happens you're halfway through the season and half the league is sick with the coronavirus, just merge the teams halfway through the year, you know, and just, just go merge the records, merge the schedules, just baby in the house, baby in the house. That's perfect. Just merge them all. I, I don't know that there are too many teams that would be worthy to join with us, but there are some teams that we could we could accept into into the fold. I, I like the Kansas City beefs. That's that's got a nice ring to it. You know, uh Florida is not so nice right now with the Rona. They're having some issues. 
you know, the Bucks, that would be kind of funny. Uh, you know, like have Tom Brady ride the bench. Right. Absolutely. You know, that, would. that would be pretty fun. That would. Well, I'll tell you one thing. There is no podcast out there worthy of merging with It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. It is June. There is nothing going on, but we still have an exciting show for you here today. Just a reminder before we get started, do check out our sponsor. We've had some great feedback on that. We've got people out using our codes. We do need a few more people to use those so that we can make this thing legit and uh, keep it going. So check out our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, The code should be in our ad read, so check that out. What do we got on the table today, Taylor? We've got we've got Chiefs Bears. We were talking about Chicago, the uh, Chicago City Chairs. The Chairs, yeah. This was this was versus. We were doing it versus them. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we do have a mailbag question from our loyal listener Justin R. Or else we're going to talk about that. Just a little bit about Patrick Mahomes as a cultural icon because we you know we can't go a, a show without talking about Patrick Mahomes as a cultural icon. I mean that's. It's kind of we're gonna have a we're gonna have a focused discussion about that and then we kind of figured you know in the spirit of Patrick Mahomes counting to 10 playing the Bears saying hey you know you picked Mitchell Trubisky ahead of me we decided we're just gonna roast every quarterback that's been drafted since Patrick Mahomes' draft so we're, we're just gonna block the wind while I roast these quarterbacks we're just gonna roast all of them, except there are a couple that we have conscientious objections to, you know, that we're going to spare just for our own personal reasons. So you want to, you want to dive into it? You want to just start off with Chiefs Bears? Yeah, man. Chiefs Bears was a fun one. Uh, The Chiefs were feeling, you know, pretty good. They were going into the game 10 and four after starting the year six and four. So things were, things were looking up. They had come across, come off of the, you know, the big win in New England and then the big win against Denver at home. And, you know, if you were, if the Bears were going to face the Chiefs, this was not the state that they wanted to face them in, was firing on all cylinders, confident, going into a tough Sunday night football game at Soldier Field. You know, I mean, in, a, in different circumstances, this game could have been close. This is the type of team that, you know, a defensive minded team could have given the Chiefs some trouble, but this was just that, this was not going to be one of those nights. And Pat, you know, he uh, he had something on his mind. He had the the draft on his mind. He did. And before we get into that, to your point, uh, this was a game before the season that a lot of people had penciled in as maybe a Chiefs loss. The Bears, obviously, the last previous year in 2018, they were 12 and four. They won mm-hmm. the North. And so this was one, you know, this time of year when people were talking about the schedule and trying to predict the future, which is impossible with the NFL, but they were right. thinking, you know, Soldier Field in December, the, the Rams had gone into Soldier Field in December as the hot team in 2018 and yeah. scored all of, I think, six points against the Bears defense and, you know, came out of that looking pretty rough. But the Chiefs were not the Rams. They came in and they handled their business. The Bears were 500 coming into this game at 7-7. and But the real story, as you alluded to, was 
the quarterbacks. And and there were a lot of storylines here, despite the fact that the Bears kind of didn't really hold up their end of the bargain football-wise and, and didn't really make it interesting in football terms. But you had Andy Reid versus Matt Nagy. But more importantly, you had Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. Mitch is uh... – He's had the designation of being the guy that the Bears picked second overall ahead of not only Deshaun Watson, who turned out to be an exceptional quarterback, but also Patrick Mahomes, probably the greatest quarterback of all time. So it was a really, um, you know, Mitch has had his, I was going to say ups and downs in his career, but a lot of downs, um, a lot more than ups for sure. And I know that he had a chip on his shoulder going into this game, as he should have, uh, as a, you know, Everyone wants to talk about that guy and why the Bears made such a mistake to draft me, but I'm going to show him blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, dude just did what Mitch does. He threw for, you know, about 50%, 150 yards, no touchdowns, 65 quarterback rating, was just completely, completely below average. And Pat not only was surgical with his passing, but also had that dope 12-yard touchdown run where he just – he just you could tell like like running would be the only thing that you could say Mitch has a pretty good handle on. Yes. And Pat even showed him like, bro, like you are just you're not it. And that was pretty embarrassing, I'm sure, for Mitch, but you know, be get good. We're gonna dive into Mitchell Trubisky specifically in our roast segment. He was sort of our inspiration for it. We thought, hey, what can we talk about <laughs> in June when there's no OTAs and there's no football going on? And the answer is we can talk about how bad Mitch Trubisky is, but we just decided to expand it to all of the bad quarterbacks that have been drafted that could have been Patrick Mahomes but weren't. This game was good. I mean, just to pick up on what you're saying about the the rushing touchdown early on in the game. It was good to see him using the wheels. I mean, we've talked about this yep. recapping those previous games, but really ever since the Tennessee game where he didn't rush at all, his only career game without a rush attempt where they really held him back, his first game back from injury, pretty much every week since then he had at least one or two plays where he really made a play with his legs, extended a play, picked up a key first down, got it into the end zone, and that is a trend that happily we will see continue all the way through the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, just was great to see him healthy, obviously on a, you know, nice, I'm sure nice and hard field on a, you know, Sunday evening in Chicago in December, you know, three days before Christmas. So, you know, enough about Patrick Mahomes. He's great. We'll talk more about him. I'm sure during the roast enough about Mitchell Trubisky. Mailbag. We will certainly, well, of course, I mean, everything we talk about on this show is somehow related <laughs> yes. to the, the bright star at the center of our universe. It's but always sunny in Mahomes' kingdom. It certainly is. He is the sun that gives us the light. <laughs> uh, the special teams were great again in this game. Harrison yeah. Bucker drilled a 56-yarder, which I believe was a career-long, yeah. uh, which was awesome to see. Again, it was just was one of those things where as we kind of inch towards the playoffs – and getting to recap the postseason run to the Super Bowl victory. The Chiefs were just kind of clicking on all cylinders. They didn't put up a ton of points in this game, but they moved the ball. They were efficient with the the, the ball. They didn't really turn it over. They were good on third down. They made plays on special teams. You know, they did what they had to do. The penalty yardage was was fine. They had nine penalties for 71 yards. But 350 total yards, only one sack. You know, uh, no interceptions, no won turnovers. Won the time of possession. Won the time of possession. Did what they needed to do. And on defense, held the Bears to just 234 total yards. Now, this wasn't exactly 
a prolific offense that they were holding down, but still good to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially, I mean, as we were discussing, you had Matt Nagy in this game. And so, you know, I I mean, I'm sure that they're on good terms. I know that, that he and Andy Reid are on good terms. And obviously Andy is the reason that Matt Nagy has a head coaching job. Uh, But, you know, you know, Matt Nagy wanted to win this game and you know, Mitchell Trubisky wanted to win this game. You know, that to them, that to the Chiefs, it was another game. Now it was important in seeding. We needed to win, and we we did. We took care of business. But but those guys, I mean, we're talking about you know your your mentor, your your master, not your master, but your mentor. You know the guy that that got you a job in the NFL, right? Yeah. And then the guy that was drafted after you, that you know, like you're the Sam Bowie to his Michael Jordan. You know, of course they wanted to win this game, and they just couldn't do it. Like they just weren't good enough. And in a league where any given Sunday really is true, I mean, we saw it this year with the Titans game, like they just didn't have a prayer of winning this game. No, it was a laugher, even though, you know, it, it didn't, it's not the biggest blow blowout you'll ever see on a box score, but it was never in doubt. It was a 17, nothing halftime lead. Um, it was just two different classes of team, much the same way that Raiders 40 to nine victory was much the same way the Denver 23 to three victory was. This was just one team asserting their will over and over and over again throughout the game. And in fact, these last, this was the fifth game where they, the chiefs defense after giving up 35 and the loss to Tennessee held the next five opponents to 17, nine, 16, three and three, which is, Phenomenal. I mean, that's right up there with the 90s dominant Chiefs defensive performances over a five-game stretch. That That is a – they were – the defense was as locked in, and the offense, I think, could take a little bit of a deep breath. They could say, all right, we probably felt like we were on tilt earlier and we had to go out there and put up 30 every week or we were going to lose. But, you know, this time we can kind of – we can go into a place like Soldier Field and if our defense is going to hold them to three, we're going to score a dr- touchdown on the first drive of the game and win the game. I mean, it's just right. a very different mentality. It's a it's a togetherness that the offense and the defense both show that they're capable of winning the Super Bowl. And and it was just I, – I know as a fan – I was as ecstatic about this win as what it meant for the future of the team that year. I mean, it just, it's another notch. It, it was another, they had, you know, just the last game remaining against the chargers. They were still in the fight for the, the buy, you know, they, they kept their eye on the prize and they didn't let up and they didn't let a bad team sneak up on them and beat them on the road or anything. I mean, it was just, you can tell when a team is, re- is really well coached and this is one of those situations where, they just weren't going to be denied. The scoreboard watching that they were doing, this was the this was the Bills. week that, looking forward, yeah, this was the week that we had sort of penciled in as maybe this will mm-hmm. be the one that the Patriots drop. Mm-hmm. They were playing the Bills. They, they snuck by them. I mean, this was in New England, and you kind of thought if the Bills were going to make something of it, maybe this would be it. And the Bills actually had a league going into the fourth quarter in this they game. They did. They did. And then gave up 11 points unanswered and lost by a touchdown 24 to 17. And so the Chiefs would have probably been watching that in pregame and known, hey, it's going to come down to, I mean, the Dolph- we need the Dolphins to knock off the Patriots. That was the only way that the Chiefs could get the bye. By some miracle. <laughs> after this game. And we'll get to talk about that next week, which will be a ton of fun. Yeah. But the Chiefs did what they had to do. And – this was one of those, I mean, this was one of those Sunday nights where 
the game's over. The Chiefs have the win. The Patriots got theirs. And you're starting to wonder, like, okay, well, we're not going to get the bye, but at least the team is clicking. Like, they're playing mm-hmm. very well. And mm-hmm. if anybody can go, you know, we all know the statistics. The last time a non-bye team played in the Super Bowl was the Ravens, wasn't it? The the Flacco Ravens? Is that right? Was Has it been that long? It's I know it's the last time a non-top two seed. Yes. non-buy team yeah that that sounds right um i don't remember one after that making it that far but you're right the buy is as critical of winning the super bowl especially these days as it I mean, as any other single factor i mean it's it's just a monumental boon to have the buy and we'll talk about that next week let's talk about our mailbag question As always, guys, feel free. We obviously, we did a mailbag episode last week and thank you for everybody that submitted questions. We love getting your questions and being able to answer those, especially the goofy ones. It gives us, uh, you know, time to fill in this uh, weird off season where nothing is kind of happening. But we have a question from Justin R. Orell. Just listening to Briscoe's recent show with Matt Derrick and they brought up how Mahomes can end up being a cultural icon and influence in the future, not just in football. I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Given that he is obviously going down as the goat, does he end up transcending football and being the greatest human of all time? Or is he too humble for that? Taylor, your thoughts. Part of the fun with Mahomes being your starting quarterback, at least at this point in his career, is that all of the superlatives and all of the sunshine that we blow on him kind of starts off and everyone kind of thinks that it's just silly. Like, it kind of sounds too good to be true. Right. And then he never, ever does anything to disprove any of it. He, he just – his rise is so meteoric. It's, it's so un, it, head and shoulders above everyone else in sports as far as what he's able to accomplish on the field and how just – how well he handles himself off the field that a question like this, if we were to even pose this six months ago before the Chiefs won the Super Bowl or anything, it would, it would seem kind of silly – And then the more you kind of marinate on it, you're like, well, I mean, someone's got to be the greatest human of all time. And, and, you know, like I have fun talking about him in such a lofty light, in such a greatest of all time, blah, 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 undefeated, 15 Super Bowls, whatever. But like the sky is the limit with him more than it is any other human I've ever heard of. It's, it's absolutely, it doesn't mean that he'll necessarily get to all of those places, but it does mean that if I'm ever to look at anyone and wonder if something like this was possible, Pat just takes away all doubt that anything is possible. I, I agree with all of that, obviously. I think it's interesting to, to kind of take stock of where he is at his age. It's always important to kind of, you know, put things in their proper context. We like to do that on this show. We're all about contextualizing. And, you know, we've talked about this briefly before. Obviously, The Last Dance was a a phenomenon when it kind of came out just a couple of weeks ago that it ended. So what we're talking about goats you know, football, it's Tom Brady, basketball, it's Michael Jordan, and LeBron has kind of entered that conversation. And what's striking about where Pat is, both on the field and off the field, is he's just he's just ahead of everyone. And, you know, Michael Jordan, I mean, Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan. I mean, he was obviously, he was a great player. But Michael Jordan didn't win a championship until he was in his mid-20s, right? Like, yep. 
Michael Jordan didn't have the sneakers and the brands and the commercials until he was probably, I mean, in his late 20s, early 30s, right? So he was 28 in 1991, which is, you know, kind of the the start of the first three-peat. Right. Or I guess it was 90, 91, 92. So he was 27 when he won his first championship, three years older than Pat. And that was kind of the beginning of the cultural icon, Michael Jordan, and not just the – he had been – the really good basketball player, Michael Jordan, since 84 when he was drafted. Right, of course. But I mean, everyone's, there have been tons of really good football players. There have been tons of really good sports players in general. Right. Um, but he didn't become like, my grandma knew who Michael Jordan was, and she didn't know who Michael Jordan was in the 80s. You know, I mean, that that's right. kind of the, that's the difference, is the non-sports fans and their awareness of the person. Yes, and, I agree with that. Yeah. And if you can, and that's the, that's the cultural footprint. That's the, the beyond the sports thing. And, Pat is getting to that point already at age 24, already where people outside of the world of football know exactly who Pat Mahomes is and what he's capable of and what he's already done for the city and not just people in Kansas City. But, I mean, he's already doing it. And you're right, he's just a couple steps ahead of everybody. He's just, you know, if he were 28 right now, and doing all this stuff. LeBron, when he was 23, I mean, he obviously came out when he was 18. Um, yes. You know, and I mean, people knew right away, like, man, this kid's really good. But he didn't win his first championship until he went to the Heat. And that was, he was 26, I think. I will look Yeah, his up, mid-20s. Um, he just... Coming up with basketball player ages on the fly. live. Live is a, that, that was a, a losing gambit by both of us. We should, we should not have tried to do I know that. Jordan's pretty well, but I, uh, LeBron, it, he, he always throws me off because of the right out of high school. I always am like, oh, it was like his third year. So he's probably 25. And then I'm like, oh no, wait, his third year, he was 21. I mean, it, it's just always tough with those, um, early entries. I mean, to me, it's, there's a lot of elements to it, right? It's like you said, I think think defining what it means to be a an icon is correct it's it's the extent to which your footprint goes outside of football and and casuals just americans know who you are yeah and the nfl is in sort of a unique position i mean kind of the way that i mean jordan sort of created basketball being that way mm-hmm. but especially with baseball horribly bungling you know, ever being relevant to Americans again, RIP baseball. Like, Jesus, no kidding. Like the NFL is, is the vehicle for that. And he's the best player in the NFL and he will be the best player in the NFL for a long time. You know, Jordan, you mentioned obviously the, the three-peat, the first three-peat, you know, kind of being the jumping point for his status as a, it was as a jumping off point. It was a jumping off point, but the, I mean, Patrick is a Super Bowl winner now. And, you know, one thing that, that he's already kind of dipped his toes into that, that Jordan really wasn't particularly interested in when he was playing is the social justice aspect of it. And I think we've talked about this obviously on previous episodes, we don't need to go over it all again, but that is a, you know, I mean, Jordan obviously was, was pre social media and social media gives athletes such a broader reach to people, to non-athletes and to non-sports fans in a way that wasn't possible even for Jordan. And so while it's hard to fathom anybody ever being bigger than Jordan was in his time, like he could be, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's 24 and he's the best player in the biggest sport in America. Yeah. With the most eyes on him and the most, you know, when Jordan said Republicans buy sneakers too, 
that was a very pointed approach at how he he yeah. was a businessman. I mean, right. that was, you know, he right. had a brand and he had a, he was conscious that people buying his sneakers was very important to him, which is yes. great. I mean, that's a, you know, he went out there and wanted to make a billion dollars. I mean, that who wouldn't? And, and it's a, it's a and different he did approach it. and he did, and he did it extremely successfully. And whereas Pat is going to have all of that, I feel like Jordan had to work really hard to be a businessman because he only knew one mode, which is to work very hard. And, and he wanted to be the greatest of everything, including stuff like that. And I just feel like Pat is such an easy person for people to gravitate towards and to want to lift up and to want to see do well that I think stuff like that is going to come to him where he's like the, like the first thing I think about is his, his big contract coming up, which is absolutely right on the horizon. And it's, it's going to happen and it's going to be a boatload of money and all that stuff. But if the chiefs weren't as in love with Pat Mahomes as a person, as they were with the player, they would be trying to squeeze every penny out of that contract that they could. And they would be trying to lowball him instead of what I believe is going on, which is them handing him a blank check. I'm pretty sure they're just like, look, this is how much money we can pay you. Please let that be enough. Like it is just a, people want him. They want him to represent them. They want him to, you know, it's, it's just, it's a different, it's a different era um, than the nineties were with Jordan and the NBA and all that stuff. So it's hard to compare across 20 years of time, but Geez, now 30 years, basically. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah 90s were way yeah. too long ago. We yeah, are 1990 too old. was 30 years ago, so, you know. So anyways, let's just power right through that <laughs> um, to, to get, kind of get to the crux of the question. He has every potential to do anything that the kid sets his mind to. If he wants to run for president after he's done playing football, or maybe while he's playing football. I I mean, he just, the world is open to him in a way that it's just not open to normal people. And, and that includes whatever sort of cultural footprint he wants to make. It's all possible to him. And if he wants to do any of that, he will, and he'll be incredibly successful at it. Um, I just love the question because it just highlights the goatness of Pat Mahomes. I think to kind of close this thought out, um, I mean, Justin asked, is he too humble for that? And I think what you were saying about Jordan and his rise to power is instructive because like it was 30 years ago, it was a different mm-hmm. time. In order for Jordan to become an icon, he had to you, he had to have the most famous brand in the world and he had to get you know endorsements in national commercials because that's the way that you reach people before the internet and before social media. Yeah. And I do think that, I do think, you know, obviously we're just making these observations from afar. I mean, I think on the field, uh, it's clear that Patrick has the same killer instinct, the same, you know, drive yeah. that all of, all of the great players in every sport have ever had. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Michael Jordan, LeBron, you name it, whoever, because you have to have that. And it and Kobe, you know, it's, it's psychopathic in a way. Mm-hmm. But off the field, I do think, I mean, they, they appear to be very different personalities. But because of the nature of the world we live in in 2020, you know, I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't have to be, he doesn't have to be, you know, the world's most aggressive businessman. He doesn't have to say Republicans buy sneakers too, to be the biggest personality in the world. Like he just doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. Uh, And, and I think the possibility for him, just because the way the world is constructed in 2020, he can just be himself 
and be the most popular athlete that ever lived? I, I think that's within the realm of possibility. So it's a great question, Justin. I, I can say I'm just really glad that we got in on the ground floor and that we were wearing the jersey, you know, uh, back in 2017. And his first start. That's right. So, so everybody that's listening to the podcast, give yourself a pat on the back. We got in early and it's going to be a fun ride. Unlike, check out this transition, <laughs> every other quarterback that's been drafted since 2017 that was there not Patrick go. Mahomes. Boom. Attaboy. Attaboy. So now we're going to roast all these other quarterbacks. We're going to start in 2017. And I guess we've kind of apportioned these out. You know, we'll each take some of these. Did you give me the entire 2017 class? I'm looking at this list. It I looks like this is, this is probably all of them, right? It is. So we're going to start with Mitchell Trubisky. And Taylor, this is almost too easy, but we have to do it. I mean, he's the inspiration for this whole segment. Yeah. So we're going to start out with I, – I, I want to start with the circumstances of this draft because this sort of sets the stage for his whole career, I think. So the Bears are picking third in this draft, right? And the 49ers are picking second. And somehow the 49ers convinced the Bears that if the Bears didn't trade up with the 49ers, the Niners would trade their pick to somebody else, and that team would take whoever the Bears were planning to take, which ended up being Mitchell Trubisky. So the Bears, being one pick after the Niners, trade with the Niners to move up one spot. And in exchange, the 49ers got a third-round pick that year, a fourth-round pick that year, and a third-round pick the next year, Finesto. and still got the player that they wanted, which ended up being Solomon Thomas. So that wasn't yeah. a great decision. Eh. Yeah, can't win them all. But <laughs> they did end up completely hustling them for three picks just to move up, and the Bears got Mitchell Trubisky. So obviously, you know he was bad as a rookie. He was very bad. He had a 77 passer rating. He had a 4-8 and eight record. And his QBR, which is a proprietary stat, if you're not familiar with QBR, just kind of takes the whole total package. It's out of 100. So, you know, unlike quarterback rating, which is out of, what, 156.3? 158.3, but yeah, oh, 158.3, right. Yeah. They scaled it to 100 points, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah, a lot more instructive there. <laughs> yeah, a lot more instructive. You know, figure, figure it out, quarterback rating. So his QBR was 31.6 out of 100, which is yes. very, very bad. But, you know, he was a rookie. John Fox was his coach. He's terrible. Maybe he saw some promise, whatever. So in 2018, he was actually – it seemed like he was pretty good, right? And people, Bears fans, were kind of like, okay, well, maybe this isn't – you know, maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world. Maybe, maybe he's actually the quarterback of the future. He actually finished fourth that year in QBR, which is actually probably the best – What? Against QBR. Oh, yeah. He finished fourth that year in QBR, which is actually the best argument you can come up with for QBR being a bad stat. You can just right. be like, well, okay, but it thought Mitch Trubisky <laughs> was good once. Uh, he also had a 95 passer rating, so, you know, pretty decent efficiency number. This is 2018? This is 2018. Hmm, okay. But if you dive into it, Taylor, there is a problem with Mitch Trubisky's numbers. And that? that problem is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On September 30th, 2018, Mitch mm. Trubisky played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would finish that year dead last in defensive DVOA, 32 out of 32. So their DVOA was 14.8%. Some of these numbers are not going to make a lot of sense. But for context, for DVOA, for defense, you want negative numbers. Negative numbers are good. So 14.8 is a, a, a positive number. And it turns out it's actually a very high positive number. I will give you some context. You remember the Chiefs defense in 2018, do you not? Ugh, I try not to. 
with Bob Sutton. That defense was very bad, was it not? It was extremely bad. It was extremely bad. So the Chiefs defense that year was ranked 26th, which is extremely bad. Yeah. And our defensive DVOA was a 6.9. Nice. So the Bucks defense was literally more than twice as bad <laughs> as the, the 26th. Yeah. Bob Sutton Chiefs defense. All 26th right. worst defense, and they were twice as bad. And they were twice as bad as the 26th worst defense in the NFL. That puts them at roughly the 52nd worst defense in the NFL. Correct. That's good math. Way, way to do Way to do math on the fly. That's good. Yeah. So Mitch Trubisky comes to this game. He puts up 354 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. He ends up throwing for 25% of his touchdowns for the year in this one game. And overall for the year, I just, I'm going to break this down for you. So he threw on the year for 3,223 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, 95.4 passer rating. If you take out the Bucks game, his overall numbers in 13 games, he played 14 total, 2,869 yards, 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. His passer rating, Taylor, if you take out that one game, mm-hmm. goes from 95.4, which is pretty good. Yeah. To 88.98. That one game was worth seven points on his his passer rating. On his season passer rating. (laughs) So in hindsight, Mitchell Trubisky actually wasn't that good in 2018. And he proved it in 2019. Okay. We all saw it. He was terrible. We're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, his peers and kind of what they were doing. But I'll just leave him with this. From 2011 to 2017, there were 13 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Prior to Mitch Trubisky, there were only two who didn't get their fifth-year option, okay? And they were Blaine Gabbert and Jake Locker. So Oof, Bad company. Not great company to be in there. So we'll roll into the next quarterback on our list, and that is Deshaun Watson. I mentioned there were some people that, out of principle, we weren't going to roast. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm not, I'm not going to roast him at all, but I'm going to give him sort of a respectful roast, like uh, not a mean-spirited roast. Obviously, a lot of Chiefs fans uh, were interested in him, including you and I. You know, he was kind of a guy that, you know, we'd all heard of. And mm-hmm. we aren't huge college football fans, but he won the Natty and, you know, he, he looked great doing it. Seems like a good dude. Seemed like a good dude. Um, I feel bad for him because obviously he's, he's stuck with Bill O'Brien. And I'm sure that if he had a choice – obviously he would have picked being with Andy Reid, <laughs> but he's a good quarterback. He probably will be a good quarterback for a good long while. I don't get a lot of joy out of roasting him, but in the spirit of the roast, I did notice something kind of crazy looking over his pro football reference page. And I just want to share this with you. Okay. So imagine Deshaun Watson and just picture instead in his place, wearing his body as like a skin suit 2017 Alex Smith. Now check this out because this is actually pretty spooky. I'm just going to read you their numbers side by side. 2017 Alex Smith, 2018 Sean Watson. They're the same guy. So they each pass the ball 505 times right Hmm. on the nose. Completions. Alex Smith had 341 Deshaun Watson had 345. Hmm. So their completion percentage was almost identical in yards. Alex Smith passed for 4,042 yards. Deshaun Watson for 4,165 yards. Wow. They passed for an identical 26 touchdowns. Alex Smith threw a few fewer interceptions. He only threw five. Deshaun Watson threw nine. Uh Yards per attempt, 8.0 for Alex, 8.2 for Deshaun. Hmm. Now, sacks, this was a big discrepancy. Right. Alex, for all of the joy that he got out of running into sacks, 
took 35 and Deshaun Watson took 62, which is pretty outrageous. <laughs> but it even is. their rushing yards, uh, Alex had 355 on 60 attempts and Deshaun had 551 on 99 attempts. So their uh, rushing attempts were a little bit different, but their yards per attempt, 5.9 for Alex, 5.6 for Deshaun. So they were basically the same dude. Pretty good. And I thought that was a way to both roast Deshaun and also respect him. At I the like same it. time. Like so it. basically, you know, he's, he's 2017 Alex Smith. That's, that's Deshaun. Now we're going to go to another Deshaun. Are you ready for this? Uh-oh. This is Deshaun Kaiser. Oh. Deshaun, as he spells his name. There are a lot of different ways we could go with this one, Taylor. Yeah. So Deshaun Kaiser was a second-round pick for the Browns. And I wanted to start off, especially since we just did a little mini roast of our second-round quarterback rival, Drew Locke last week. I just want to give a little bit of history on second round quarterbacks because it's not great. So let me just list off for you the quarterbacks taken in the second round since 2011. And I'm going to start with the worst and I'm going to end with the best. Interesting. So the worst is Christian Hackenberg and Christian Hackenberg was the second round pick of the jets. He never even made it into an NFL game. Nope. Second worst is Jalen Hurts, and I, I listed these by a pro football uh, reference metric called average value or yeah. approximate value, excuse me, yeah. AV. Just sort of, a, you know, it takes all their career stats and spits out a nice little number for you. Like war. Jaylen, it's, it's the yeah, equivalent of war for exactly, football. Exactly. So Jalen Hurts is tied with Christian Hackenberg for AV, which is a problem for Christian Hackenberg. Because <laughs> Jalen Hurts hasn't played a game. <laughs> he, he was just drafted two months ago. That's funny. So That's he's still on the list. Uh, right ahead of Jalen Hurts and Christian Hackenberg is Drew Locke with an AV of three. Sure. And then above him, games, yeah. above him on the list is Deshaun Kaiser, who has a higher career AV than Drew Locke. So, you know, maybe let's cool the dreads on Drew Locke. Now, Deshaun <laughs> Kaiser, he's played in a few more games, but still. Yeah. It's embarrassing for Drew Locke. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So next on the list, Brock Osweiler. Oof. Geno Smith. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. And remember, we're building. We're building to something here. Yeah, we're building to something beautiful and wonderful here. The top quarterback from the second round. Okay. In third place, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, he had a yeah. he had a nice little run before he got blackballed out of the league. Yep. In second place, Derek Carr. Hmm. And in first place, Andy Dalton. Oh, the best, Andy Dandy. The, the best second round quarterback of the past 10 years. Wow. By the way, has a career AV of 81. And Carr is in second place with 55. Ooh. Suck at Raiders fans. Oh. Andy Dalton, markedly better than Derek Carr. And Andy Dalton is unemployed. You so, Andy bust. Dalton is a cowboy, by the way. He is. That's right. He is employed, but not as a starter, is no. what I meant to say. No, yeah. he, he's collecting a very nice paycheck to do nothing, which honestly, he's living the dream. Yeah. Backup quarterback in the NFL. Best job in the universe. It's incredible. So this list is terrible. And yeah. Basically, if you drafted a quarterback in the second round in the last 10 years, he's not good. You, at best, get a quarterback who's good enough to convince you not to upgrade a quarterback, which is the Andy Dalton, Derek Carr mold. Mm -hmm. So Deshaun Kaiser was decidedly not that. Uh, He lasted a year with the Browns, who have needed a quarterback literally for their entire existence. (laughs) And after they spent the 52nd overall pick on him, they got rid of him by swapping him to the Packers, for a fourth and a fifth and the Packers got in return 
a fourth, and a fifth, Woof. and Deshaun Kaiser. So they each got they two picks out of the trade, plus Deshaun Kaiser. Then he got cut and ended up with the Raiders, who also cut him. Oh, oh no. It's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. Deshaun Kaiser, you're roasted, you're busted. This next one is near and dear to my heart because this is Davis Webb. Yeah. And Davis, Davis Webb is most famous for getting hurt at Texas Tech. That's why I love him. And being replaced by a little-known true freshman from White House, Texas, Patrick Mahomes the second. <laughs> so obviously, poor Davis Webb never, ever got his job back. Nope. But somehow, somehow he got drafted in the third round by the Giants a year before they drafted Kyle Laletta, who I will, I will let you roast, in the All fourth round. So the, the Giants, I'm going to roast the Giants. The Giants decided to take quarterbacks in the top 100 picks or close to the top 100 picks in back-to-back drafts and obviously got nothing out of them. I mean, can you get a good quarterback in the third or fourth round? Occasionally. I mean, Dak, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round sure. pick. But, like, that's not a sustainable strategy. Uh, Davis Webb, despite being drafted in the third round and, and playing for the Giants and the Jets, two very QB needy teams, <laughs> never, never appeared in an NFL game. He's mm. never made it. That's mm. not great. C.J. Beathard, his name is Beat Hard. I'm just going to leave it with that. Yes. Uh, you burned. Nathan Peterman. I just want to read Nathan Peterman's stat line <laughs> out to you. Okay. Because it's incredible. I'm just going to read his career stat line. Record, one and three. 130 attempts, 68 completions for a completion percentage of 52.3. Not good. 548 yards. Three touchdowns, 12 interceptions, yards per attempt, 4.2, yards per game, 68.5. Nice. Quarterback rating, 32.5. Sacks, 8. Wait, wait, wait. Sack percentage, 5.8. Oh, 32.5 for his quarterback rating? That's correct. That is... What's the quarterback rating when you just spike it into the ground every down? I believe 39? it's 39, 39 up to 40. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's like 39 point some digit because quarterback rating is so. stupid. So what they're saying is that you would rather have a guy go out there and spike it into the ground every down than Nathan Peterman. It's incredible. That's Nathan <laughs> That's... Peterman. And, and I'm not saying this was the right decision, but remember that the Buffalo Bills thought that Nathan Peterman was better than the current quarterback of the Chargers, Tyrod Taylor. Mm. Nathan Peterman, you're roasted. Chargers, you're roasted. <laughs> Nobody's safe. I'm going to skip Joshua Dobbs and Brad Kaya because, <laughs> Kaya. Kaya, because Brad Kaya has a cool name and Josh Dobbs, I just, I don't know enough about him to really, to really have a strong opinion. So I see you gave me the first half of 2018 too. That is correct. And that just means I'm going to, I'm going to just going to keep talking. You're just going to have to I'm wait ready. for me I'm, to finish. I'm all right. Now I know you're going to bring the thunder. There was also a 2017 seventh round pick that I don't know if you're aware that you had as well. I probably am aware of it. <laughs> oh, oh my God. But <laughs> yeah. how could I have skipped I mean, it? I know oh, that's, I, I've, I've just, been waiting for that one. So listen, we decided to roast every quarterback or at least name every quarterback. And I skipped over a very important name on the list. Very important. Mr. Irrelevant from the 2017 draft. And that is former Bronco, Chad Kelly. Swag Kelly. Swag Kelly. A couple of things on Chad Kelly. And this is off the cuff because I actually did skip him in my preparation. But this is just going to be going straight from memory. So a couple (laughs) things about Chad Kelly. Number one, uh, Bronco Sands thought he was the second coming of Peyton Manning. 
number two, Google him as you're listening to this. If you're listening <laughs> on your phone or your computer, his face yeah. is like somebody put it in Photoshop and <laughs> rotated it 15 degrees. It is completely lopsided. It's it is wrong. very, it's so it wrong. is very strange. It's very strange. I don't want to make fun of him too badly because he can't help the way that he's born, but it's very off-putting. And finally, Chad Kelly was arrested for breaking into somebody's home in Denver. He was released just before released from the team and also from jail. Yeah, right. Where he had time. to post bond the week before they played the Chiefs that year. And you and I were at that game. We were Broncos Chiefs at Arrowhead, and the Arrowhead sound guy was playing "Unlock, Unlock the, swag the Swag" before the game, uh, uh, which was a glorious troll of yeah, swag one of the best I've ever heard of. Just incredible. Yeah. yeah. So that's Chad Kelly for you. You're Thank roasted. You. Thank you. So moving into 2018, uh, another guy who lost his job at Texas Tech, Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick. He actually lost his job to Davis Webb, which is hilarious because then Davis Webb lost his job to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and Baker, I'm like Mitchell Trubisky, he's almost too easy to roast because he's so unlikable. Yeah. Like he's just such a douchebag. Yeah. But I, I put in the effort anyway for you, our listeners. So you probably read this. I don't know if you remember this interview, Taylor. He did an interview with GQ last year. Mm -hmm. So this was after his rookie season, right before his ill-fated second season. And he shows up to the interview wearing a diamond studded medallion of his Jersey number and the steakhouse. And there's a, there's a photo shoot or spread that goes along with this. You know, there's a photo of him biting into it, like a gold medal kind of deal. Um, the steakhouse has a Baker Mayfield steak on the menu. And, you know, this is in Cleveland. So they're all named after Cleveland sports heroes, Rimshot. And Baker Mayfield. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's Jim Brown. and Yeah. LeBron. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Urban Meyer, I know for sure was mentioned and LeBron were the two that were specifically noted and, you know, good for both of them. They're, you know, they, they've more or less earned it. Uh, Baker was asked by the interviewer, you know, if he deserved a steak at the steakhouse on the menu. And he said, yes. And because quote, I know where we're headed. Well, it turns out the Browns were headed for a six and 10 season. Oh no. Baker. And he was legitimately awful. He had a 78.8 passer rating, which is worse than John Elway's career passer rating. Boom. Barely. Roasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there have only been 12 seasons since 2015 of a quarterback rating below 80 and more than 400 pass attempts. Really? It's hard to, it's hard to do. Yeah. In the yeah, because they're going to bench you if you're that much, if you're that bad. Yeah. And offenses have just, they've evolved. Like we, yeah. you know, they're, they're passing offenses are more efficient than they've ever been. Shorter passes, easier offenses. You have coaches kind of leaning into what players in college. Say one more time, how many there have been since when? 12 since 2015. So 12 okay. quarterback seasons since 2015. We're talking about, you know, four seasons. Uh, with a quarterback rating below 80. And we're going to talk about several of these quarterbacks. It's not great. It's hard to do. Blake Bortles did it twice, hmm. which is amazing. Uh, three of our illustrious second-round quarterbacks did it. Brock Osweiler did it. Deshaun Kaiser did it. And Andy Dalton also did it. The Ghostbusters did it. Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield both did it from the 2018 class. And Josh Allen somehow has not done it, but manages to have a career pass rating of 78.2. Nice. On seven and. 781 career pass attempts, but he did it with a 67 and then like an 85. We'll talk about him in a second. I just want to end with Baker. This is probably the best way to roast him. 
since he lost his job to Davis Webb and by the properties of transference uh, to Patrick Mahomes, who who stole Baker or Davis Webb's soul. So Baker and Pat have played almost the same number of NFL games because they did debut the same year, essentially. And Pat's missed a couple of games. So it's 31 to 30 in games played. I'm just going to read some stats off side by side. Okay. Patrick, and this is regular season only. Obviously, there's no postseason comparison because Baker oh. has not been there yet. Hmm. Tough scene. Patrick is 24 and 7. Baker is 12 and 17. That's not good. Pat has a completion percentage of 65.9. Baker's is 61.5. Pat has, and they are, uh, they're only 70 apart in pass attempts. So keep that in mind. Yeah. They're 70 apart in pass attempts. And Pat has 9,412 yards to Baker's 7,552. Ooh. So about a 2,000-yard difference there over about 70 pass attempts. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's not amazing for Baker. No. The quarterback rating for Patrick is a 108.9. All-time NFL high for a career. Yeah, pretty studly. Baker's is 85.9. Not so good. Mm. Uh, Pat has 18 interceptions, though, but Baker has 35. So, Ooh. you know, not, not Twice amazing. Twice as many. Um, Pat's taken 45 sacks. Baker's taken 65 sacks. Yikes. Yards per attempt. Pat is winning 8.6 to 7.4. Uh, Pat also has almost twice as many rush yards, 500 to 272. So, you know, I mean, sorry, Baker, you're busted. <laughs> Josh awesome. Allen, Taylor, Josh, Josh, Josh Allen. Uh, for those of you who don't get that joke, that's like a that's like a Bob Fesco thing, I think. Is that where that yeah. originated? Yeah, yeah, Bob and Josh. Josh. Bob, Bob and Josh, Josh. So Josh Allen was second team all Mountain West. I'm just going to let that hang. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> he played in the Mountain West, and he was not even the best quarterback. When they did awards at the end of the season, they're like, yeah, this, this guy, he's, he's second team, second team quarterback for the Mountain West. It, Josh Allen's college numbers, uh, I'm just going to skim through those for you really quickly because it's unfathomable to me, and I know we talked about this when he was drafted, that a second-team All-Mountain West quarterback was drafted in the top 10 of the NFL draft. But his college numbers, he had a completion percentage of 56.2. Woof. And over 649 pass attempts, he had 5,066 yards. That's 7.8 yards per attempt, which for college is not very good. He had 44 uh, touchdowns and 21 interceptions. Mm. That's a college quarterback rating of 137.7. That is a different somehow system than the NFL. It is. It's out of like 300, I believe. Yeah. If you don't have like at least like a 160 or 170, you're a scrub. And if you're playing in the Mountain West and your quarterback rating is 137, that is not very good. So – Surprisingly, Josh Allen in the NFL has also been quite poor. He's a polarizing quarterback. If you guys ever want a chuckle, go read Pro Football Focus's Twitter account whenever they tweet about Josh Allen because they hate Josh Allen, (laughs) deservedly. I mean, you know, they look at the tape and they're like, this guy sucks at playing quarterback, right? So he has a 56.3 completion percentage in the NFL, which actually is slightly higher than his career completion percentage in college. But it's only 0.1 higher, and it sucks. 56 completion percentage in the modern NFL, Taylor? Man. 30 touchdowns to 21 interceptions, which, again, 
not good. I mean, if you're not even throwing twice as many touchdowns as interceptions in the NFL in 2020, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? He has a quarterback rating. I mentioned his career quarterback rating is 78.2, which is bad. It's bad. I mentioned there have only been 12 quarterbacks with a, a season below 80 in the last five years. And Josh Allen had one season, his rookie year, he had a quarterback rating of 67.9. Man. In 11 games, 320 pass attempts. But his career quarterback rating is below 80 in the modern NFL. I, I know I keep using that phrase a lot, but people... It's impossible. It's really hard to be that bad at throwing the ball in the modern NFL. It's really hard. And Josh Allen, he does it. He's, he's, he's a phenomenon. He does, however lead the NFL in a very important stat, which longtime listeners will know is near and dear to you and I, and says a lot about a quarterback's play. And that is quarter fourth quarter comebacks in oh. game winning drives. Oh, he yes. led the NFL in game winning drives in 2019. So he can't be bad, right? He no, can't be bad. Can't he can't be, be bad. You know, He's good. Everyone wants a quarterback that's down through three quarters, right? That's like what you want. That's what you want. You, you want then, a guy that you know has a ton of opportunities to win in the fourth quarter because he couldn't win in the first three quarters. Obviously. So again, uh, just as an aside, the Bills decided that this guy was better than the current quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, so double roasted. Boom. Sam Darnold, uh, he got mono. He he's one of those twelve guys since twenty fifteen with a passer rating under eighty for a season. I mean, I feel bad for him because he's a jet, his coach is Adam Gase, but you know, <laughs> he sucks. Life is burning Sam Darnold right now. Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't, we don't need to pile on. Poor guy. I feel bad for him. Danny Etling, Taylor. Danny Etling. Uh, I'm just going to hit the highlights of these lower, you know, the, the, the lesser lights of the, the 2018 draft. He was a seventh rounder. But just to give you an idea of what a worthless quarterback Danny Etling was, he wasn't even good for the Patriots in the preseason. I don't know if you've ever looked at the Patriots preseason quarterback numbers. Their quarterbacks are gods in the preseason, right? Like preseason numbers don't matter. Jarrett Stidham was like the best quarterback in the NFL in the preseason. We'll see. I mean, maybe maybe Jarrett Stidham's amazing, but probably not. Uh, He played in the preseason for the Patriots in 2018. He completed two of five passes for 21 yards. In the final preseason game, playing against total scrubs, he went 18 of 32 for 157, one touchdown and two picks. Jeez. But but he also ran for 113 yards and seven carries. He has a very important record, a record that Tom Brady will never possess. He has the record for the longest quarterback run in Patriots preseason history. <laughs> 86 yards. 86? Yeah. Get so off. Danny Etling, we salute you. Nobody saw that touchdown run because it was in the preseason game four. Uh, apparently, he's since transitioned to the wide receiver position, which, I mean, he's got some wheels. So, you know, uh, Alex McGuff, uh, he was drafted in 2018. He's already on his third team. That's all you need to know about him. Roasted. Logan Woodside, I am not going to roast the QB of my former AFL team, San Antonio Commanders forever. Logan Woodside, we love you. <laughs> That's pretty much all of mine, Taylor. Now, all I'm right. excited to hear what you have in store for us. Yeah, you've been talking a long time. We got. I've, I've been I, talking a long time. We really should have, when I assigned these out, this is my bad, I should have alternated instead of saying you take the first half and I take the second half because we did want to burn them in chronological order of we did. when they were drafted. Eh, you know, you win some, you lose some. Still, uh, 
hopefully people are still with us. So yeah, you know what? Go check out our sponsor, Manscaped. There you Make go. sure you use the code. And I promise you, if you continue to support us financially, the podcast will get better. <laughs> Taylor will work in the quarterbacks in the proper order. We'll have a I nice will. back and forth. I will. We had a nice back and forth. You know, you jumped in there. With some as, as it stands, I'm about to talk for about 10 or 15 minutes. So okay, yeah, sure. you have, <gasps> here we go. Taylor, you have the floor. <laughs> I have the floor. So a year after Mahomes was picked 10th, the Cardinals picked Josh Rosen also at 10. Um, those two careers are not exactly on the same path to say no. the least. Uh, so the Cardinals were so bad the year that they had Josh Rosen and they were so uninspired by his performance that at the end of the year, they were the number one overall pick again, which typically if you're starting a quarterback that you picked really high up in the draft and you're number one the next year, eh, not a great situation. So they decided they looked at Kyler Murray coming up and they were like, look, I know we just picked a, we used the top 10 pick on this guy, but we are going to go ahead and ship him out. So they went ahead and sent him to Miami and went with, uh, went with Kyler. So in Miami the next year, they were like, Hey, we got this like top 10 quarterback. We kind of got him for free. Maybe like, you know, maybe Josh Rosen's our answer. So he lost three games. He got hurt. And Miami was so interested in keeping him around that they drafted to attack of Iloa sixth overall this year. So he's already after being drafted 10th overall, two seasons 10th overall, That's 10th crazy. overall, same he's pick a as top Patrick 10 pick. And he's already at on his second team and the backup quarterback forever on his second team. I mean, there's I mean, he has, really the third quarterback because <laughs> Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick is still there. Fitz is still there. Exactly. Right. So he has, no chance of making any headway with Miami. So if he's ever going to do anything in the NFL, it's going to be on his third team in four years or whatever. He has 12 touchdowns to 19 picks. Uh, he's a bigger first round bust than Mitch Trubisky, which is really, really hard to do as we established earlier. Yeah. Uh, not where I expected to end up when we started this conversation, but woof. but he is, he's absolutely, he couldn't even stick around. So uh, Josh Rosen, I'm sure you're a good dude, but you burned. Uh, next in the draft order. So Lamar, everybody's got opinions oh, about Lamar. Strap yourselves in. I'm getting um, popcorn ready for this. You know, he, I, the regular season stuff's cool. He runs around. He does the, he, he throws the ball to some guys and he does his thing, but, but quarterbacks are supposed to win in the playoffs. And in his two playoff games against the chargers and Titans, Lamar, awesome MVP, unbeatable Lamar, put up 29 total points in those two games, less than 15 a game. He had a 68.3 quarterback rating in those two combined playoff games. So in his 22 regular season starts, he only had two games below that as a quarterback rating. So in his two most important games, he played, you know, worse than 20 of his regular season games, 20 out of 22. So he just, he, he can I, can I jump in here? Always. Did you say he scored 29 points total in total. both his playoff games? 15 a game. That's interesting because Patrick Mahomes' teams have never scored fewer than 31 <laughs> points in, in any playoff. single playoff game. Yes. yes. And you're saying that Lamar couldn't even do that in two playoff games. Nope. He is at 29. Wow. So That's a shame. It's not, it's not that good. Uh, and in the two games where he had crappy below 68 quarterback ratings in the regular season his team put up 60 points so he just didn't need to do that much it was not a he they won both games and he just didn't need to be a quarterback those games because Lamar very often doesn't need to be a quarterback but the games that he needed to be a quarterback he completely completely failed um he just 
he he performed at the absolute worst at the worst time. So until he can show that he's ready for the biggest stage, he's nothing more than an elite fantasy football quarterback. Lamar, you roasted. Uh, next, Mason Rudolph. So <laughs> yes. So as as Austin is so um, jovial about the mention of Mason Rudolph, he must have taken after his college coach Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State because Mm. he allegedly spouted some racist nonsense at Cleveland insane man, Miles Garrett during a blowout Browns win, which is a weird, (laughs) you can say, what? Uh, but Garrett got so mad that he ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet and clocked him with his own helmet in the craziest on field violence. I've, we've probably ever seen on a football field. It was nuts. Maybe since the last boy scout since like, well, (laughs) yes, but that's fictional. I was going to say probably since people were literally dying on the field, which Uh, did happen. Yeah. But that's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. So even though Rudolph denies any wrongdoing, his lawyers threatened to sue miles Garrett for defamation, but that's exactly how a racist would respond in that incident. So, you know, also he's not that good at football. So, uh, my Mason Rudolph, Bye. I mean, he got he got blown out by the Browns. So he got blown out by the Browns, and and I mean, he was you could tell just by watching him with the Steelers, like they were. He they lost were his in, job to they, Duck Hodges. The Duck Hodges, exactly right. Who isn't on this list because he wasn't drafted? So I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's all you need to know about Mason Rudolph. Uh, the Giants picked uh, this guy that is named Kyle Laletta. Yeah, sure. That's. That's L-E-T-T-A probably right. In the fourth I round of 2018. Uh, Laletta was picked by the Giants when they still had no idea what to do about Eli. He was getting old and they were just like, look, we just we got to keep picking quarterbacks. Hopefully one of them is going to be the guy. But all he managed to do was come in during one blowout and go 0 for 5 with a pick before being waived. <laughs> That's in the hilarious. Team. Yeah. So he, he had one year. He had one blowout appearance. Didn't complete a pass to his own team, but he did complete a pass to the other team. That's like the Tyler Bray special right there. It is. It is 0 for 5 with a pick. Yeah, it's terrible. So the Giants waived him before 2019 even began. So he was drafted in 18, and by the time 19 came around, he was fired. Uh, he is now fourth on the Eagles' depth chart. And he is longing for the days when he was just a no-name Richmond spider and nobody was burning him on a podcast in Kansas City. So uh, Kyle Laletta, boom, you roasted. Uh, next on my list is one of the more generic-sounding names of all time. Uh, 2018 fifth-round pick Mike White. So, what? I mean, Mike, most, Mike, Mike White. White. Yeah, I mean, most people don't even know he's a quarterback because – you know, Yo. he's just the most nondescript guy of all time. He was a fifth round pick by the Cowboys. He spent one year on their roster without any NFL playing time. And then he was cut after his only year. He was picked up by the noted quarterback heaven, New York Jets, where, you know, all quarterbacks go to thrive. Not. Uh, he currently sits fifth on the Jets depth chart. So wow, that is what? basically impossible. So it goes Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco. David Fails, so a guy with the last name of Fails, <laughs> James Morgan, and then Mike White. So that's the Jets quarterbacks. He is so bad that he can't even climb that depth chart. Taylor, I'm looking at our list, and the next quarterback on this list is also a quarterback who <laughs> played for the Jets. Played for the Jets, but is not last year. A Jet. Yes. That and is so, so explain Luke I, Falk to me. I'm explain, about to. Explain. explain. I'm about to. Uh, I did want to point out that 
Mike White also transferred from South Florida to Western Kentucky. So he's on his fourth football team in six years. That's, Nobody wants Mike White. Nobody. That's rough. He's that's just, rough. Uh, you know, he, I think John Doe should be replaced by Mike White as the most generic name in white male history. So the motion carries. Okay, good deal. So uh, as mentioned, poor Luke Falk, guys, poor Luke Falk. He was a sixth round pick in 2018 um, by the Titans. And pick 199 wasn't pick that 199 <laughs> yeah that's right a uh, little bit different of a result for luke <laughs> he was cut before his first season ever began so mm. they, he didn't even get cut for a poor performance he got cut before any performance uh the dolphins jumped at the opportunity they saw luke falk get cut by the titans and they're like look we have a mess down here and we have got to pick that guy up. <laughs> so it is a mess down there. Yes. Uh, the dolphins picked him up and then he suffered a fractured wrist and was placed on IR and the dolphins brass came out with this big, like, Oh, he's Luke Fox on our radar, man. He's, he's part of our plans for the future. Sure. And then they waved him like a month <laughs> later. So uh, the dolphins said goodbye and the jets said, hello. Uh, jets are coming up a lot on this list. You will notice that they, don't know what they're doing at all at quarterback. It's so. amazing how the bad teams are the ones that like they they sort of they you know shuffle they these quarterbacks. These and, quarterbacks. Yeah, they you know yes. the the Jets are like, hey, we already have Mike White, but let's yeah. get let's, let's get, get Luke, Luke in here. Let's get him <laughs> into the mix too. You know, uh, yeah. Sure. So so Luke, you know, he comes in, he thinks he's the third stringer. He's sitting there at last year behind um, Sam Darnold first and Trevor Simeon second. And he just thinks, I'm just going to collect a paycheck. He was behind Trevor Simeon. Just he was. Wanna... That shows how bad Luke Falk is. But he sure. just figured, you know, no one's going to ever even criticize me. I'm just going to hold the clipboard and then life's going to be great, right? Uh, they lost Arnold to Mono. And then that game that Simeon was supposed to start for him, he broke his leg. So the Jets are looking around and they're going, Jesus Christ, what are we going to do here? Are we really going to put Luke Falk in? And they, and they did. So he made two extremely bad starts for the Jets. He <laughs> threw no touchdowns and three picks combined. He got shut out on Monday night football when the Patriots went through that gauntlet of starting oh quarterbacks where they Don't played even. just absolute Josh Rosen, who we just talked about. They did play Rosen. They played Falk. They played Colt McCoy with the Washington Redskins. They Jeez. just, it was, it was ridiculous. So anyway, so Luke Falk is part of that nightmare. Uh, and the Jets cut him. As soon as Sam Darnold basically could pass a health a physical, they were like, all right, listen, we are no longer going to deal with Luke Falk. He is a free agent now and forever. So that is what happened to Luke Falk. You said that he was a Jet just as recently as last year. He is no longer a professional football player. So I still think it's amazing that Luke Falk made a start for the Jets and Mike White is still on their roster mm-hmm. and Luke Falk isn't. I, I just mm-hmm. – all I want to say about Luke Falk, besides what we've already said about him, is I think, I think that game that you mentioned against the Patriots. The shutout, yeah. Is maybe the only Monday Night Football game that I have watched not a single second of. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. it's it's Monday. It's the last fantasy matchup of the week. It's the you Patriots. Know, it's, it's prime time. Like, all this stuff. Like, even when Monday Night Football is a bad product, I will still watch it because yep. I love the NFL Same. and I'm very invested in fantasy and everything like that. I did not watch a single second of that game, and I have no regrets. I don't think Luke Falk watched a second of that. Game. <laughs> I mean, it, it is—it was a travesty. It really was. 
Um, so that rounds out the 2018 class. We have, we have burned every quarterback from 2017 and every quarterback from 2018. Now, just to recap, we are not just picking the bad quarterbacks from these drafts. These no. are literally every quarterback that's been picked. So yeah, like, a lot of them are bad. A lot of them are, all of them are bad basically. But the yeah. point is this is not cherry picking. This is just a list of real, 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 real bad quarterbacks. So yeah, we move on to just 20 real quarterbacks like right. Alex McGuff. That's a real person. Mike real, White. Yeah. Mike White's he's, a real dude. I, I, I have didn't no, make him up. I have no evidence to prove it, but yeah, well, the yeah. internet says that he's real. That's right. So we move on to 2019. I mentioned the number one overall pick in 2019 already. My, yeah, this is a fun class. You got a lot of Kyler guys. Murray. You got a lot of guys on this list. Uh, yeah, you know, so Kyler's a little guy. Uh, I don't have much bad to say about him. He was number one overall pick. He's my fantasy football savior. I've got him in our dynasty league. I've got him in another league. I, I'm, I'm very positive on his outlook for this upcoming season. So, I'll just point out he went five and ten this first year with a tie in there, um, and he's real short. And that's pretty much he, he's got sure, a lot of yeah. pressure riding on him. He, they Small just guy. got DeAndre Hopkins, and so if he doesn't live up to it as a number one overall pick, the pressure's really going to ratchet up on him. So uh, I hope he does well, but uh, lovey Kyler, you burned. Um, but a much easier target is uh, I basically am going to call him Chad Kelly 2.0 because Danny Dimes, uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, has as misshapen of a face as Chad Kelly Poor does, guy. which is – I think they might have been like – like separated Siamese twins. No, not just yeah. separated, but like really in, in there, you know, and they, they got all mixed up because Danny Dimes looks like he has half of Chad Kelly's face on his face. It's, it's a bad situation. Uh, he also is two faced in his NFL performances, but uh, you know, so he had in his rookie year, he had three or four good games and three or four, just, just total stinkers. And so all he has to do moving forward, the only pressure that's on him is to live up to Eli's legacy of starting 15 years and defeating a monster dynasty in the Super Bowl, not once, but twice. So, so basically I'm saying that unless he gets the better of the chiefs in the Super Bowl, not Ooh, once, but yeah. twice, uh, he'll basically be considered an abject failure. And he went to Duke and he currently owns a three and nine starting record. So like Danny Dimes, you burned. Um, so next, despite being picked 15th in the first round, the Washington Redskins thought so little of their chances with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback that they sent out Case Keenum and said to start the year. And then he sucked Yikes. so bad or he got hurt or whatever reason that they realized that they needed a quarterback change. It's kind of all kind of all rolled up into the same, you know, he basically sure. like plays hurt even if he's not. So yeah, it's all part of the same bundle. Plus <laughs> yeah. we're talking about Washington, you know, I mean, yeah, who, who a, knows what a, was going it's on a there? Crazy. Yeah, right. So instead of going to Dwayne Haskins, the Redskins are like, "Oh, we got this guy. We got this guy, Colt McCoy. I mentioned him earlier. This was a Week Five matchup against the Patriots, and they didn't want to send the rookie out to be slaughtered by the Patriots. So instead, they sent out Colt McCoy to get slaughtered by the Patriots. Uh, not much of a difference there in performance, but uh, they didn't actually start Haskins until Week Nine that year, even though they clearly were going nowhere. Uh, yeah, but they'd only, already fired their they, coach. Yeah, they were they were a complete disaster, but they still were like, oh, I don't know. Dwayne Haskins might be too fragile for this thing. So, like, I don't know what that says about Haskins. He finished the year two and six. Now they're just going full steam ahead with the dude. They don't care. They know that they're going to lose a bunch of games. and They're probably going to pick um, Trevor Lawrence or someone in the, you know, I mean, they're they're basically putting him out there, but no one is under the impression that they're very into it. 
Yeah, they're going to Rosen him. It yeah, yeah, like. going to Rosen him for sure. Uh, he had seven touchdowns and seven picks, a seventy-six rating. He was he was no no way. He took a he took a selfie when he was supposed to be out there spiking the ball. That he was did uh, yeah that that's was right. That was very Ohio State of him where he's from. He just yeah he, he was... just wasn't wasn't very uh, wasn't very into it. So this next guy, I, we don't need to spend a ton of time on Drew Lock. We're going to be spending a lot of time with him in, in the future, and he's yes. going to be doing plenty of just burning by playing like it's just he's going to burn himself just by existing so yes just so everyone's clear including the missouri fans listening that watched him play in college he is probably not going to move the needle very much in denver let's just let's just be honest he is gonna you know he might win some fun games for them or whatever but this is not the second coming of anyone he averaged 200 yards a game right Right. Come on. They're just so starved to beat the Chiefs because they haven't done it in, you know, forever. And they just they want they want something to be happy about. But listen, Denver, he ain't it. Um, they added Jerry Judy and Hamler and they they tried they tried to go shot for shot with the Chiefs, but they they just got their window all wrong. So they'll be basically perpetually three years behind the Chiefs in building and developing a dynamic offense. They'll just be always a step behind. So while the Broncos are just learning, you know, how to play in the NFL and just kind of figuring stuff out, the Chiefs will have better players with also more experience. And yeah, they're just a they're just they're, they're just a worse, be a worse and set back, of yep, us. Exactly. And that's not how you beat someone like us. You have to no. you have to be a different team and they just can't be a worse version of us and expect better results. Um you know, uh, they'll be basically looking at a decade ahead of them and they'll be going against the most well-oiled machine the sport's ever seen. So like Drew Locke, he's basically destined to be the quarterback that can't deliver against the Chiefs. The same you way Derek Carr be. is, the same yeah. way Phillip Rivers was. That's what it is. It, it's, it's just, they just don't have a chance and it doesn't really matter what else they do. It doesn't yeah. because they'll he's, be looked at as a failure. He's going to be Derek Carr or Andy Dalton 2.0. Yeah. Just like, that's like his, uh, that's his ceiling. You know, second round quarterback, he's going to be a guy that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, sure. whatever. That's like his upside. He's going to be, you know, maybe if you put a really good team around him, you could you could go toe to toe with a team like us. We'll probably still beat you in the end. Right. Because we have Patrick Mahomes and you have yeah, a guy. He, he's probably you not going to get like embarrassed a ton. You yeah. know, like he's not yeah. some of these guys on this list that don't even deserve to be on an NFL roster. Yeah. But he's just, he, it's just part It'll of it fine. is the fact that he has to face the monster in Kansas City twice well, a year. Sure. And he just isn't going to be able to get over that hump. Kid never really had a chance. So, Drew Locke, sorry, buddy. Uh, to round out, I've got a couple left. Um, Will Greer was Carolina's third round pick in 2019. Third round, geez. Third rounder, okay. yeah. They sure. thought he might be an answer for their kind of – they were kind of questioning Cam Newton even back then about his longevity and stuff. But, uh, yeah, not happening Ooh, with Will Greer. In a, there was a 38-6 to loss that he was in charge of against Indianapolis in his first career action, and he threw for 200 yards and three picks. And then in the season finale, they brought him back out. That was the second to last game of the year. And then the last game, they're like, yeah, Will, let's, uh, let's see what else you got. And he went one for eight, threw a pick, lost a fumble. And then they were like, that's, that's... Tyler, Bray, Tyler Bray special again. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys are pulling the Tyler Bray special because Tyler Bray was notorious for being a terrible quarterback. And these guys are all terrible quarterbacks. So uh, they, you know, they brought in Kyle Allen and that was the end of the Will Greer story that year. 
Um, Kyle Allen, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kyle Allen was an undrafted free agent, was he not? That is correct because he is not on our list either. Which so this is the second guy on our list that, that has lost his job. Someone that who supplants is not someone on the list. exactly right. Yes, because they were not so, drafted. And then the Panthers, you know, they looked at their quarterback situation and they were like, "We gotta go get Teddy Bridgewater." And <laughs> now you just have to wonder if Will Greer even has a future a on that team or be in the NFL. Yeah, probably not. Um, so I mean, I'd probably they've got. Um, they picked up PJ Walker from the XFL. And oh yeah. I would bet that he sees the field as a Panther before Will Greer does a day again. I mean, it just seemed, you know, he's at least got some upside, but uh, Will Greer does not. You roasted. Uh, so then, so we've got, do you remember Ryan Finley? Remember this guy? Uh, do you remember what uh, NFL team he plays for? The Bengals. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, all, right. all right. Yeah. Don't, don't sure. say Austin never did nothing. No. Um, so I probably had to start him in fantasy. You I probably did. Point. I probably, uh, the fourth round pick in 2019. Bad QB yeah. You know, he, uh, it, it was not a good situation for sure, but, um, Ryan Finley was drafted by the Bengals and they, you know, he was probably thinking like, dope. All I got to do is wait for him to get sick of Andy Dalton. And when they're, you know, they're definitely going to do that at some point, And then I'm gold. Like, that's what you'd think when a team with a bad quarterback drafts you. You're like, okay, I can, you know, I can wait out Andy Dalton. I'm not sitting Of course, yeah, there. I mean, you know. So they did get sick of Dalton. They got sick of Dalton, and they were like, all right, we're going to give the kid a shot. And so Finley, in three starts in the middle of last year, he was he went 0-3, completed 47% of his passes. Oh, so no. So keep your heart out, Josh Allen. I mean, that's – Yikes. 47 is is – not good. Those are uh, Kyle scored, numbers there. They are. Kyle Bowler. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, he scored 11 points a game, which is also <laughs> not no bueno. Uh, he had a quarterback rating of 62. And so he was so bad that despite the Bengals at the time being 0-11 after his third consecutive loss, and they were in clear need of getting number one pick for Joe Burrow. Like that was they, – they knew that that was in their future. They still – benched this guy and asked Andy Dalton to come back in. Andy Dalton <laughs> wasn't hurt. They just benched him because he sucked. And then when they played this kid for three starts, they were like, look, we can't watch this every Sunday. I don't care yeah. if we lose every game. We literally cannot stand this guy. So Dalton being the team player that he is actually came back in and finished the year. I've never seen a quarterback get benched for three games for performance with the team being 0-8 at the time. And then yeah. – being called back in with no injury, it just they they were just so sick of Finley. They're like, no prize is worth this, and just bailed hard on. Him. So now he's backing up a younger and much better quarterback in Joe Burrow, and has no chance of ever doing anything significant in the NFL ever again. R.I.P. Ryan Finley. R.I.P. Ryan Finley. We hardly knew ye. Um, so next on the list, a uh, couple remaining is, uh, an interesting guy that we will be spending a lot more time with in the future, which is Jarrett Stidham. Well, maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, at least this season, at yeah, least probably, we'll be, well, you know, we'll probably. be looking at a Patriots game with him in it. So, I mean, at least yeah, a little I mean, bit, probably. but who knows? Yeah, probably. It could be, um, uh, what's their, uh, it could be, backup. could be Cam. It could be Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. You know? Hoyer's yeah. I was trying to think of. Hoyer, Hoyer the destroyer. Story. Yeah. So, uh, all Jarrett Stidham has to do is follow the greatest player by individual career accomplishments that professional sports has ever known. So, I mean, shouldn't be too hard, right? Well, he uh, was a higher draft pick. That's so exactly curious. what I have. He was drafted <laughs> two rounds earlier than Brady was. So, I mean, you know, he was, he was set up to succeed a lot better than Tom Brady was. So, <laughs> let's face it, the guy literally cannot be considered a success story unless he, like, 
doesn't have a nervous breakdown. That would be the only way people would be like, oh, nice. Good for you, Jared. Uh, the Boston savages are going to be so starved for perfection from their quarterback spot that they're basically going to want to throw this kid to the wolves. The second he screws up in any way, they're going to be like, I don't think they're going to watch Tom Brady. uh, Yeah. Well, they're going to watch it in Tampa. You're right. Uh, Yeah. Right. They're not going to, they're not going to be watching. That's fair. So, you know, never mind the fact that Brady was a system quarterback and benefited from the greatest head coach and great defense. They're, they're going to remember Tom Brady is the only reason they were ever any good. And, it's probably going to cost Jared Stidham his job. It's probably going to cost him his sanity. You hate to see it, but Jared Stidham, bye. Uh, we've got our friends, the Chargers, who we've mentioned a couple times for their hilarious. Mostly in the context of them <laughs> taking Taylor, a quarterback yeah. that the Bills thought was worse than Nathan Peterman and Ex- Josh Allen. Exactly. So uh, they also picked Easton Stick in the fifth round of the 2019 draft. <laughs> Easton Stick. Uh, they you made liked... that name up. Colin. Exactly. He's he's not a real guy. I'm just These are just Madden that's, creative players. That's um, they went ahead, they liked him so much that they went ahead and brought in Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert after having Easton Stick on the roster for a year. So, get ready for this. It sounds like Easton Stick will not be sticking around. Oh, that's good. Uh, the Eagles, they gave up on Clayton Thorson so fast. So they drafted him in April of 2019 and cut him by September. So, like, again, this is the second guy on my list that – Team drafts him, doesn't even let him get to a preseason game before they're like, I've made a huge mistake. And <laughs> uh, the Cowboys, they picked him up, but they probably picked him up about any sort of intel he could give them on their division rival. Eagles more than anything else, I would think, because obviously nobody wants Clayton Thorson to play quarterback for them. So yeah. Clayton, you burned. Uh, I, unlike Clayton Thorson, I refuse in any way to burn Gardner Minshew. He is the one guy on my list that is untouchable. Uh, he's super dope. And anyone that disagrees with that can go straight to hell. So Gardner Minshew, love you, buddy. Uh, then finally, last guy on the list, Trace McSorley. Um, you know, he probably got burned enough about his name as a child that I don't really feel like piling on here. Like he, he, Trace McSorley just sounds like he, I just, I, Feel bad for the guy. So he's a he's a Ravens late round pick, and uh, he sucks. That's it. That's the list. Well, Taylor, we did it. We roasted every single quarterback All of them. since Mitchell Trubisky through. You know, I Other mean, not twenty obviously Pat Mahomes. We'll wait for the twenty twenty quarterbacks to do something. Yeah, there are tons of those guys we could have burned, but like, oh, we'll, we'll burn them. We'll, we'll burn go ahead and let them fail in the field, and then we'll burn we'll them burn hard. Him. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. We will be back next week. Don't know what we're going to talk about yet. It'll be a surprise. It'll be great. We'll see you next time.